Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos with my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the NFL, it is back. It is all better than ever. As all eyes are on the gridiron, as teams take the field to start back up another football season. And as always, BetOnline, it's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, they've got even more odds, props, and contests. Hey, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today receive a 100% welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up and don't forget to use the promo code NFL 100 bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online your online sportsbook experts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod it is a Bears Browns week three preview we're going to dive into it as the Bears head to Cleveland into the dog pound to try and pull up an upset. And, oh, by the way, there's a certain guy named Justin Fields making his first NFL start this Sunday as well. But first, let's bring in my co-host. He's a former Chicago Bears defensive end, Fox 32 Chicago's very own, and a Lynx master. He's been on the Lynx all day long. I'm loving it. It's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's going on, my man? How you doing? Doing fantastic, man. I'm doing fantastic. Been trying to wrap my head around. I've been the lab Trying to wrap my head around how the Bears are going to get a win this week against Cleveland. But let's just start off here real quick. Let's just do a quick little news and notes before we get into our key matchups for the game. It's official. Matt Nagy says it. We all were thinking it. It's actually happening. Justin Fields is making his first NFL start this Sunday for the injured Andy Dalton. Looks like Andy Dalton's going to be week to week for a while, so we don't really know exactly what's going to happen with Justin Fields. But just your reaction to... It's Fields' time now. He kind of gets the opportunity to take the job and hopefully run with it. I'm excited for it. And uh, last week he came in after Dalton got injured. Obviously, everyone saw that. But now we've had a full week of game planning, right? So when that game ended, they knew Andy Dalton wasn't going to play for a little bit. And we all kind of knew that based on, you know, bone bruise and and what happens with that. So now we have a full week of game planning with Justin Fields. And it's going to be... Interesting to see because that's what we've really been critical on, Matt Nagy. How is your play calling, right? So you have your piece to the puzzle that you wanted to draft, you traded up for. How are you going to game plan when you have that whole week for him, right? Are you going to put him in a position to succeed? Are you going to allow him to use his feet, you know, allow him to run those RPOs, those zone reads, and then have those have those nightmare matchups on the outside linebacker or defensive end? Are you going to get him on the run more? early on to, to get his confidence up? Are you going to have those, those boots, those sprint outs, you know, those hard play actions? You know, are you telling him, hey, when the play breaks down, look at your first and second read and not use your feet? Is, is he giving him that type of advice? So I want to see. I, I think this is a critical critical game for Justin Fields, right? I think this is one, one of those games where if he does well, this is everything that Chicago's been waiting for. You know, the fans broadcasters, analysts, we've all been looking for that dominant QB in, in Chicago. And, and it would only be one game, but it'd be huge because even, even regardless of what Justin Fields did last Sunday, when it was announced, you know, Instagram, Twitter, everybody's going nuts. Yes, yes, as we want. And, and what does everyone comment and say? Matt Nagy, don't mess it up because yeah. they think he, he's going to mess them up. But I'm, I'm just hoping that, with the game plan in place, right, for him and not Andy Dalton. This is a different situation, right? Andy Dalton had the game plan last week. Then Justin Fields got thrown in the fire. So it's different. Now you have a full week of game planning. How are you going to call these plays? 
And I think this is a critical game, not only for Justin Fields, but Matt Nagy and potentially his, his future for the, for the Bears team, depending on, you know, I know it's one game, but I think now everyone's saying exactly what I'm saying. All right, you know he's the guy this week. How are you, how are you going to call the game? How are you going to script for success for your guy? You know, you look at uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They've always been able to do that for a quarterback, whether it was Matt Castle, Brian Hoyer, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, guys like that, right? They made them look good. How is he going to make his star, the guy he wanted, look great this week? That's such a great call because for Matt Nagy, in terms of his body of work, this is a new chapter, right, that we're starting beginning on Sunday. And as you're talking about in terms of situations for success, as we talked about you know, on the Bears-Bengals postgame as we previewed this Browns game coming up, there's no more excuses, right? I mean, this is the head coach's job is to set up a rookie who's so talented but maybe a little green for success. And I think those types of plays that you were talking about are going to be really huge, and Bears fans are going to have their eye on that to see – you know, do they kind of roll them out early? What does the first 15 look like? You know, we're going to script up these plays. Are they going to be scripted up for success? I want to ask you something else, too, because I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, and we've gone back and forth on Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and so on and so forth. And again today, Matt Nagy in the press conference said Justin Fields is going to start on Sunday, but Andy Dalton, if healthy, is the starter. And my personal belief on this is basically, and we've mentioned it before, I think this is all just trying to position itself to avoid a Tua Dolphins situation of last year, which was, you know, Fitzpatrick was in there. They were winning games, you know, a little bit different, right? But then they were like, hey, it's Tua time. They bring him in. Tua fails, and they had to bench him. And they did it in such a weird, sloppy way that it kind of engendered, um, you know, I, I don't know, a negative response or, or lack of enthusiasm for Tua moving forward. So my question for you is, and as a former player, Matt Nagy's saying that Andy Dalton is still the starter. In a weird way, is that him protecting Justin Fields while also at the same time saying, hey, this is still a meritocracy in the NFL. I get that you're the rookie. I get that you're the number 11 pick. I get that you're the future, but you still have to prove it to the guys on this team and in this locker room that you should remain the starter moving forward. Is that maybe a little bit of what's going on when he says Andy is still the starter? Yeah, I, I think he's just trying to protect Justin Fields because if he gets a situation where he names him the starter and he completely bombs this game and then they play him the next game and then he bombs again and then it's all of a sudden like, oh my goodness, I just named him the starter. Now Andy's healthy. I got to throw Andy in there. And now I mess with his confidence because I think I think they're critical of that because of how Trubisky was handled. I think it was, it was a poor thing, but I, I just think – and, and I've said this since the first podcast that is so cognizant of, okay, we have to do everything the right way. We got to call it. It's like a baby, right? Yeah. You, you got to rock it the right way. You got to put it to sleep. You got to make sure the milk is just right that temperature. But the thing is, listen, players will adapt, right? And nothing is perfect, right? Perfection doesn't exist for a rookie, right? People could have great seasons, but there's always moments and, and, and things like that that don't work out the way you want to. So my thing is like this. Justin Fields is going to have ups and downs. And we saw that in the game, right? But the last game against the Bengals. But the thing is, right, when the game was on the line, right, when he needed to scramble for that first down to keep it going, right, when he needed to get everybody together and get those string of first downs with David Montgomery, he was able to do that, right? He was able to use his feet when he needed to. And stuff wasn't perfect, but that takes a lot of courage for a guy that was struggling, you know, the delay of games, the false starts, um, you know, throws, he he wants to have back like the interception. 
Um, but I think that takes a lot of moxie for him to come back and go through all that and then be able to lead the Bears to a game-winning drive to, to be able to clinch that win. You know, he didn't score on that, but first downs are the name of the game at the end of the game. He was able to do that, right? So I think that makes everybody feel that much better. Now, game plan. We want to see what they are going to do. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited because I, I think this is the game. I think this could be a defining moment for Matt Nagy and, and Justin Fields, like I said earlier. I, I'm, I'm going to be tuning into every second of this game. Today's episode is also brought to you by Play Action because, look, this is exciting news. Bet on Chicago is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring you some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on all the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. So here's how it works. You sign up for our contest, believe football pick'em at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. So again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest believe b-l-e-a-v football pick them and if you plan on hosting your own football contest go to playactionpools.com today they've got survivor pick them as well as a cool sportsbook style concept called build your own bankroll that's only at playactionpools.com your new home for all your office sports picks now back to the pod such an interesting point too because the bears are clearly underdogs heading into this game I don't think that there are a lot of people. We're about to jump into our matchups right now to talk about, hey, if these certain things go the Bears' way and if we execute, the Bears will win this weekend. But I don't think a lot of people think that the Bears are going to win. And how sweet would it be if Justin Fields comes out? And I'm not saying rips it up. you know, I'm not saying he puts up a 157 QB rating. But what if he comes out and and all the stuff, the difference-making stuff that we've talked about all along is out there on the field and it works out in the game situation to help us perhaps maybe put us in a position to win week three against the Browns. Corey, you know, let's jump into it, man. Talk about your first matchup. What is the one thing, you know, you've looked at a couple of different things that are going to be key for the Bears. What's the first key matchup for a Bears victory in week three? So before we get into the matchups, I got, I got one question for you. So yeah. Justin Fields coming into this week, right? Like, I, I, I think everybody, you know, wants him to light it up, right? But I don't think that's realistic. So do you think... And, and I think this, I think that a solid game for him will be a good completion percentage, right? Mm-hmm. Limiting the turnovers, being able to use his feet well, be, being able to get somewhere around 50 to 70 yards rushing. I think that would be a very good number, you know, for him playing a complete game, you yeah. know? And I think maybe a touchdown, passing the ball, at least one, and then possibly a rushing touchdown in there. I think, I think that's a very solid game for him. And then being able to have David Montgomery score. But I don't think it's realistic to think he's going to go 330. I mean, he could. We never know. But I just don't think that's realistic against this defense playing on the road with with everything. Like, what are your thoughts on that real quick before we get into those matchups? Yeah, I agree with everything you said. This is a great question. And I definitely think a couple of things. One, you know, clean football. You know, some of the false starts, the pre-snap stuff, don't burn any timeouts in the first half. I mean, I just think that's stuff that, you know, irritates Bears fans that might not show up in the box score. But I think it'll be important for Justin Fields to have a good game. I'm right there with you. I'm not thinking, you know, I'm not looking at it being like he's going to complete 25 passes, right? And I'm not looking at it either like you, that he's going to get 300 yards. Rushing touchdown for sure. I'm going to be looking at yards per completion, to be honest with you. 
because this is a guy who is not Andy Dalton. This is a guy who's not Mitch Trubisky. He's not Nick Foles, and he's really not any of the quarterbacks that we've had under center for, what, maybe the past decade. And all I'm saying with this is, is look, he might not be accurate. You know, he might not, you know, have a, you know, a huge game yards-wise, but what I am saying is that I would really love to see him throw that pass to A-Rob again and have it be connected for 35 yards. I would really love to see him find Darnell Mooney maybe on a double move down the sideline and put it right in the bucket. You know what I mean? Throw a little dime. I would love to see him get involved with Cole Komet. I'm not saying he has to go up and down the field every single time, but I think those big plays is something that I would have as an expectation that I hope that I would see from Justin Fields. And then in terms of what you're saying with the passing touchdown, Really curious to see what kind of plays they run in the red zone, right? I think that's going to say a lot about Matt Nagy, Justin Fields, this offense moving forward. We've talked about Jimmy Graham a whole lot. You know, I think Allen Robinson, I think maybe has, I don't know, a little something to prove maybe after last week. You know, I think he wants to get his season going a little bit. Dude wants to get paid at the end of the year. So, you know, I don't think 300 passing yards, but I think anywhere in the 200 to 240 would actually be great. Like I think that'd be like wow. What about rushing, what would be a good number for you? You think? think uh, you think around that, that fifty think, mark? Yeah, fifty would be fifty would be right around there for me. Um, seventy, seventy has me nervous because seventy means door number one. We can't get anything going, and he's had to probably run a lot more than we would like. Or door number two, he rips off like a thirty-five yarder at one point, which I'd be super exactly. into, right? And that'd get you to seventy. Yeah. So I say seven, I say 70 because when the play breaks down, mm-hmm. that's where he's going to get a lot of these eight to 10 yard runs. And I think over a course of a game, I think he'll have, you know, a good six or seven of those, you know, where he has, you know, runs of, of eight or more just because I, he's such a dynamic athlete. And I think even despite the spy guy, I think he's still going to go off on, on some of those runs. Yeah, and it's funny, too, and the irony of it is he's at the point in his career where he can do that, right? You know what I mean? It's like you want the quarterback to be in the pocket, but he's so talented and so fast that, uh, you know, you can utilize that when something maybe doesn't work out or maybe a progression doesn't go the way that you want to. So, yeah, a 10 for 70 would be cool. If he runs the ball like 15, 16 times, I think that probably speaks a little bit more to our struggle on offense. You know what I mean? So um, I'm not like, yeah, I don't have crazy expectations um, I'm going to call it right now, though, Corey. I'll throw it out to you right now. If we do a post-game pod and Justin Fields has like three or four touchdowns and 330 yards, I straight up am going to wear all of my Bears gear. I don't care how much I sweat, Corey. I'm going to wear all my Bears gear for the whole pod post-game. If he, if he, <laughs> if he gets like 330, dude, I'm going to do the whole pod and all my Bears gear. And you got to wear like a wig or something. You know? I'm sure you probably got a wig, a wig lying around somewhere, right? Like some Halloween. We're, not, we're on Zoom, but we're shaking hands. I agree with you. Yeah. The deal. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dude, let's, let's dive into it. Um, You know, let's dive into the matchups here. What's going to get us okay. a Bears win uh, in week three? Start us off. Yeah. So I think the, this critical matchup, and, and we've been talking about this a little bit, I think everybody's kind of keeping their eye on it, is, is David Montgomery, Justin Fields, versus Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, right? Those edges. And we talked about just such a different dynamic that Justin Fields brings to the table and those zone reads, those RPOs. That's such a such a hard matchup for a defensive end. And these are two of, in my opinion, the most athletic defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call them, in the league. And I think, remember I told you, it's, it's such, it's so hard game planning for this, right? Because you say, hey, you know, you hold for field. So, you know, but the thing is, right, 
what's going to happen is is Fields is really going to attract them at first. If 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 they're doing it, the Bears are doing running it the way they should. Fields is really going to attract the the defensive ends, Clowney and Miles um, Garrett. And so they're going to play outside. What it is going to do is open up the lanes. It's going to open up two, potentially two gaps for David Montgomery and a guy that's going downhill in a hurry that's always falling forward. That's going to be such a tough tackle because you're telling Clowney and Garrett, hey, play fields, keep, keep him contained. And then you, we still want you to close down, right? So it's widening those gaps. And then you're asking them to hustle down the line, fill those two gaps and potentially with the arm tackle. I mean, that's that's a blown shoulder peck waiting to happen. And that's just that's just what the effect of Justin Fields does. So I think it's critical that they they run those run uh, zone reads and those RPOs correctly. And once they get it going right and Justin Fields can get on the edge on them it, and then David Montgomery gets up there, it's just going to have them thinking. And then they're going to have a situation where you close down and then you have the linebacker there. And then Justin Fields on the linebacker one on one. You're like, oh, well. It would be better if Clowney or Garrett, because I think they're better athletes than the linebackers they have. So it's it's just I think that's going to be the critical matchup that we want to exploit for them because I think they're a talented bunch, but that Justin Fields effect is real. And I think they're going to struggle with how do they play that, right? It, it's pick your poison. Because yeah. if if you know if you want to get Justin Fields, David Montgomery's going to go off. He's going to average five to six to seven a pop on those potential runs. So that's that's my first key matchup, and I think the Bears' success in the passing game is going to be predicated on that because it's going to be able to open everything else up. You know, when when the run is really rocking, that's when you can take that hard play action, and then Clowney and Garrett aren't going to be rushing the same way that they normally do, yeah. and then we could take a shot to A. Rob or Marquise Goodwin or Mooney, and I think that that's where you open up the package, right? And then you know you run a boot off that, right? And then Cole Komet. You know, guys like that, Jimmy Graham, that's how you get them involved. And it opens up the whole offense just on simple run plays that they run in college, that they run everywhere, but you're bringing that to the NFL. And that's the effect of a mobile guy like Justin Fields. Um, I got a quick question for you. So, you know, first professional start for Justin Fields. We're talking a lot about RPOs here. Do you think they mix in any under center snaps or do you think yeah. maybe yeah a, a little bit right and then my follow-up for that too is um in your opinion what do you think is you think running a boot is easier under center to uh, is it harder to defend under center or is it harder to defend from the gun i think it's i think it's harder to defend under center right because uh, because that that's when there's more distance between him and the running back uh you know it looks like that hard stretch play out there and that could be something that, you know, because the Bears have been running that play well, that with the counter. So at times it could potentially look similar. Um, but when you have that hard play action, it buys him more time and it keeps him fresh because, you know, when you're when you're in the gun, they can see everything. Right. But, you know, when you're coming under center as an end, right, what the first thing you do is you close. As soon as your guy goes down, you close down hard. Right. And you're not looking at anything else. And then all of a sudden you got a guy like Justin Fields puts his foot in the ground, hits the corner on you, and right. then he has the option to pass it or run for 10 yards in the first down. And it's like, I just I just love that play because you put that end on an island. And <laughs> I'm, I'm betting $100 every time that Justin Fields is going to beat Davion Clowney or Garrett, even though they're great athletes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that bet every time. And I'm, you're going to pay me because th that's how it is. You know, it's, it's just so hard. And I'm just hoping they take advantage of that because last week we didn't see that. 
Um, so I'm giving Matt Nagy the benefit of the doubt because he didn't have the game plan in place for Justin Fields. So, you know, he hasn't been the best at managing things at times. Matt Nagy, that is, during a game, the stuff breaks down and we have to change this. So now all the focus, you, you have all the game plan, right? Everything is the way you want it to. Let's see how you're going to do this. Let's see how you're going to put him in a position to succeed. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Balance 7. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to. It's called Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. And look for anyone in their 30s and above, or maybe even before. Look, I'm 37, but even in my 20s, every day was a maintenance day. I could use a little something like Balance 7 for a little bit of help. So head to Balance7.com and use the code BLEAV, believe, for free shipping balance7.com use the code bleav for free shipping i did and if it worked for lamar odom it can work for you too now back to the pod good stuff and yeah also uh, bears fans go on twitter too as well jason peters had himself a pretty nice game too as well for himself so if you're going to run that boot to the right you know he's a guy that could probably you know clean that up and get that going for you on that left side to start it off moving forward Corey, give me your next uh matchup what's the next matchup yeah. matchup that's going to help uh, the bears win a week yeah so, so these same guys, Garrett and Clowney uh, against Peters and Afadi. Yeah. I think these are the critical. Um, they both came off great games. Um, you know, Peters had arguably one of his best games. I know it's only been two games, but he looked like a most, his old self, right? The, the pro bowler that we Gave him a very high grade. They were, they were oh, the best, uh, highest graded offensive lineman last week. And, and this is a guy that, you know, people call grandpa in the league right now, right? 19, 20 years in the league. That's, that's what it is, right? And he looked great. He, his movement skills, um, his ability in pass protection, uh, run blocking, he looked amazing out there. Afadi as well. And I, I think Cincinnati, obviously, they don't have the same front as the Browns, you know, with, with, with that two-headed monster and, and Clowney and Garrett. I, I think Hendrickson, uh, the, the right end for Cleveland, or Cincinnati, rather, last week, He's a talented passer. He had 13 and a half a, a year ago. You know, he had a sack in the game. That was because Fields held the ball a little bit. But I, I think they played a great game. And I think it's critical for them to protect Justin Fields this week, right? You talk about confidence for a young quarterback on the road. There's going to be a lot of that silent count. How are they going to adapt against these pass rushers? Because you know they're licking their chops. If they can get to a situation where it's third and seven, third and eight, third and ten, you know, against Peters and Afadi. I think I think they're they're waiting for those situations. And if I'm the Bears, right, you give those guys help, right? Chip help. You have a tight end come in, right? Cole Komet. Um, you have one of those guys chip before he goes out into pass protection. And you have the double chip where you have we have the tight end help them, and then you have the running back go to the other side. So you have both chips. So both of the two talented pass rushers, you have them taken care of. You know, you're holding them for for an additional two seconds with that chip. So how are they going to help in game plan for them? This is, again, an offensive line that we came into the season and everyone was just the, the house was on fire, right? With this offensive line, we can't put fields in. He's going to get killed. Well, they've actually done a pretty decent job so far through through these first two weeks. And guess what? They all played every single snap last week against the Bengals. That means they're getting more reps. They're getting more chemistry. They're getting more unity on that line right there. And let's see if they can take that next step. Perhaps with a guy that might, you know, Justin Fields might be able to help them out in some situations if they got beat on some plays. Just on pure athleticism alone, 
I'm going to segue into another matchup that you brought up real quick, but because I, I kind of feel like it's one and the same. And this was a great call. I didn't even think about it, and I think Bears fans need to take this into account too as well. Is Justin Fields on the road versus that Cleveland crowd. Just talk about that a little bit because, again, Justin Fields with those false starts last week, you know, it wasn't perfect. It's stuff that rookies go through. But as a former player, man, talk about how kind of a big underrated matchup that might possibly be for this game. Yeah, I think I think people sleep on that, you know, because they see on TV stuff's rocking, but they think it's easier easier said than done. Um, when, you're, when you're out there in your situation and that crowd is really rocking on an opponent stadium and Cleveland, you know, the past couple of years, they've been good. So, you know, their, their fan base is reinvigorated since Baker Mayfield and them have come and the offense is doing well. Um, defense is getting great. So there's going to be situations out there where the crowd is really into it, especially on third and, and long situations. How is Justin Fields going to handle that? Clock management, right? That's something you talked about last week, kind of struggled for that. One time he went off sides, right? He got too antsy, even though everyone else knew it was a hard count. So is he, is he, is he going to be able to have his mind out there and be able to be one step ahead of them, right? See a potential blitz that's coming from his blind side on Jason Peters, right? They're sliding protection one way. Hey, you're going to see the corner or safety come off the edge. Is he going to be able to see that, right? And then make the check real quick before then audible out of that situations like that. Is he going to be able to slide the protection, you know, when he needs to, right? Is he, is he going to be able to check certain things out with all the crowd noise and things of that nature? So, and Corey, while you're bringing all that up, can he do all those things and get the playoff in time, man. It isn't just about exactly. false starts either. It's about I, I'm a big believer as a Bears fan that timeouts are sacred. First half, okay, but even the second half, even more so. Burning for you know first quarter timeouts really kind of screws with your two minute drill if you want to get some points on the board before the end of the second half. You know, moving forward, so this all is playing into itself. Oh yeah, yeah, and when when you have to burn timeouts or you have a delay a game call and multiple ones of those. It just makes you look disorganized as a team. And, and especially if you're a defense more. Yeah. Yeah. Be, being a defensive player, you thrive on that. Cause you're like, Oh, these guys don't even know what they're doing. They can't get their ish together. You yeah. know, you're thinking about all that stuff. And then you're thinking, Hey, you know, I got another five yards. So they're going to hold it that much longer. Right. So instead of third and five is third and 10 right now, you know, they're going to have that five step drop. I could buy it. You know, let the coverage buy us an extra second. And th those are things that matter. Right inches yards they matter in this game and it's going to be critical to not give them any anything in this game especially with on the road they're, they're, they're going to be rocking you know they're coming off a big win last week you know they're looking to go two and one after that tough loss against kansas city i mean at this point they could be two and oh they, they took kansas city down to the wire so they're a talented team you know uh i i think they're they're really going to be rocking and i think Everyone's going to think because anytime you play a rookie quarterback, I don't care what anybody says, you're looking to get after that dude. Sure. You know, we played Andrew Luck his rookie year, one of the first years I, yeah, 2012. Um, and we, we wanted to get after him. You know, we, we had three sacks, we hit him all day, picks, you name it. You know, we blew him out, I think 40, 40 or 42 to 18 or oh, something like that. But literally, we hit him so much, we flustered him. And that's what you want. You you itch to play those young quarterbacks because you want to be like this. Hey, we're going to show them. Welcome to the NFL rookie. That's what everybody wants to. Yeah, we're going to show you this ain't college, big fella. This ain't college. All right. I'm going I'm to show you this the big boys. Miles Garrett and Clowney are going to say, hey, we've been around here. We are, the, we are those dudes and we're going to get after you. So any chance they can get to hit them, you know, go over them, talk ish, whatever you, whatever you name it, they're going to try to get in his head. 
You know, that's what they're going to try to do. And yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm super excited because I, I think Justin Fields is one of those quarterbacks that rises to his occasion. And I, I look at a couple of years ago, he played in the Big Ten Championship against Northwestern, my alma mater. Mm-hmm. And he had, he had an okay game. Trey Sermon had a really good game, but he, he, he didn't do very well, right? Trey Sermon had a, had a Trey Sermon had a pretty oh, good game. <laughs> oh, that, that's what got him drafted in the third round, right? There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, 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 that game right there. <laughs> yeah, that's so that game. But um, then then he comes back the next game when they're playing in the playoffs and they play Clemson. Yeah. And he completely outperforms Trevor Lawrence in there, right? Big matchup, Ohio State, Clemson. You know who's the big dog? We're talking about two of the top prospects in the NFL quarterback. Who's going to be? And he outplays him. So I think it's a situation where Justin Fields, I think that confidence in himself, regardless of having a bad game, I think he's going to bounce back. And like I said, I don't think he's going to light it up, but I think he's going to have a situation where he makes so many big plays in, in bunches, right? It's not going to be, you know, these 50-yard completions and things of that nature, but he's going to be able to scramble with his feet. He's going to be able to throw a 15-yard pass, put it right on the money, show his arm strength. You know, at, at times he's probably going to make some reads he shouldn't. But I think he's going to limit those turnovers, you know, especially the one he had last week. I don't think he's going to make that same type of mistake. And I think he's going to be more prepared about every every kind of drop that they they give you, every kind of look Cleveland has. Because that's a situation where Justin Fields, I knew he knew he was going to play a little bit, but he didn't think he was going to play that much. And I think I think he probably should have been a little more prepared for, for maybe what what Cincinnati was bringing. And I think that's the thing that every young player and, and, and myself Everybody in the league could attest to that. You know, before you're the guy and you're starting, you're playing every play, sometimes you're not as well prepared as you should be, mm-hmm. right? And then you realize as you get older or you're in a situation where you weren't prepared, you're like, I will never not be prepared again, right? And that's the situation. He's an NFL guy. He's, he's, he's a quarterback. He's the back. He's supposed to be our guy. How is he not prepared fully? But it's, it's such a different thing. It's, it's like a pitcher, right, in, in baseball, right? If... Your coach usually tells you when you're going to play and when you're not and how much you're playing or what's your pitch count. Are you a middle reliever? Are you, are you going to come in? You're going to pitch four innings. You're going to pitch one. You're going to pitch two. And then there's a situation where a pitcher wasn't supposed to pitch that day. And, and, and the coach goes, Hey, uh, Billy, you're in today. You're like, what? You know, it's a situation like that where you're like, Oh man, I, I wasn't prepared. That's why you have to be prepared every second. Right. And I, I'm sure Justin Fields was prepared or probably not in the way that he should have in that game some of the reads and knowing like, Hey, if we're running things the same way, Andy run them or if things are catered to him, how can, how can I adapt in that situation? You know? And I think there's a situation that's like a learning experience for everybody. And I, I guarantee you this week, he'll be prepared for every aspect of what they'll run and what the bears themselves will run. And I, I, I expect a good performance from him. Yeah, sometimes the lessons in life, um, you know, they need to happen to you a little bit for you to recognize them. And I, I, I completely hear what you're saying. And it's funny where I'm going to make um, I'm going to make an odd comparison from sports to the entertainment side of things. So uh, for the listeners, some of you probably already know, you know, what I mean, I've been an actor in the game for a really long time. I've done a bunch of stuff and it's it's the same thing, dude, where, you know, it doesn't matter whether I was on a set for, you know, Showtime, Nickelodeon, or I was on set for a car commercial or anything like that, it's this whole concept of you know you're there to do something, right? And with acting, hurry up and wait. You just don't know when you're going to do it. And you literally have to stay in this mode of preparation 
that means that at a moment's notice, everything that I'm preparing for, I need to exactly, you know, prepare for every situation and go in and do it. And trust me, man, you'll get a call time at 7 a.m. They'll put you in makeup at 10 a.m. You're like, all right, I'll probably be shooting in what, maybe 12, 1 o'clock. And then, no, lunch goes by. Still not on set. You're sitting around. You're waiting around. No, maybe get you in at 4 o'clock. Keeps going, keeps going. And you have to stay in that spot, in that space at all times. And then they just call you all of a sudden. And then they go, boom, you're doing your scene. And you don't get a chance to go, hey, can I get 10 minutes to wrap my head around this? Because there's too many moving parts. There's too many, many, many like moving pieces that leads towards a successful you know, achievement, which is either a successful scene or a successful football game. So, you know, Justin Fields can walk in there being like, hey, maybe I'll play. I'm going to prepare for these five plays. But it's just the lesson in life that you don't know until you go through it when you know, hey, anything can happen at any moment. And it's really about that mental focus and that toughness to be able to jump in there right away and do it. No, I agree. You you ever hear the saying, stay ready, stay ready, so I got to get ready. You know, that's that's what it is right there. You know, honestly, I think – you know, you look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick that's been around this league for a while. He's a guy that's always been ready, right? Doesn't matter what situation he is. And, you know, a couple of years ago when he was on the Jets or, you know, Dolphins, I mean, his opportunity comes and he knows he knows the playbook like the back of his hand. He's like, listen, I'm here on borrowed time. You know, I'm a smart guy. I know what they're going to do. I know this offense and I'm, I'm going to be able to run it better than the person in there because I know where everything is going to happen. And he's, I think he set the record with a wonder lick test. He got perfect score. I mean, he knows everything. And, and that's, that's how every pro should be. And not everybody is like that. You know, there's, there's a couple, couple players that are like that. Um, you know, Pickles, guys like Tom Pickles on our own team. Yeah. I mean, that's a, an innate skill that he's always been able to transfer. That's kept him in the league for a long time is that when opportunity knocks, he knows how to answer the door right away and he knows what to do. Exactly. Exactly. It's crucial. It's crucial. You always have to be ready when your number is called. Um, you can't be over there daydreaming. You can't be like, oh, I wasn't prepared because in this league, um, you know, if, if you're if you're not a guy, if you're not like one of the guys, a first round draft pick or a highly touted free agent, you'll be gone if you're, if you're not ready to, to show up. Right. You get a little more leash if you're if you're an early draft pick or you're a highly touted free agent that they pay a lot of money to, you have more leash. But if you're, you know, lower, uh, higher draft or lower drafted guy, or you're a guy um, that's undrafted free agent, yeah, you, you don't have the opportunity. You don't, you don't, you you cannot mess up. If your number is called, you have to capitalize. Or if not, you'll just be another guy that had a had a cup of coffee in the league, and then you're gone. Yeah, and you, yeah, it, it it's simple as that sometimes, and you know the window of opportunity only stays open for so long. So, and Justin Fields now has all week to prepare to seize that opportunity. Corey, um, I want to throw a little matchup into the into the pot, into the pot that we're stirring up here to try and make ourselves a little little Bears victory here this Sunday. Uh, you've been talking a lot about the trenches, you know, the inside stuff, the dirty stuff, and I think actually that's going to be crucial to the game. But I do want to get your perspective on the secondary versus the wide receivers on both sides of the football. And let's just start first maybe with the Chicago Bears side on the offensive side because, you know, I'm just pulling up these stats right now. And look, we don't have a Tyreek Hill on our team. But in week one, Tyreek Hill put up 197 yards and a touchdown. Last week yep. on the tech, you know, last week, Brandon Cooks was able to put 128 yards on them. So what am I reading out of that? I'm reading speed, right? And we've got it. I've been talking about it for weeks now. And these guys like Darnold Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, now I do like Justin Fields, David Montgomery, I think Cole Komet's a young tight end that I would consider to have speed. 
I think you know Robinson's not a burner, but he's not a slow poke either as well. Okay. I'm just trying to you know see that if there's an opportunity for the Bears to take advantage of that speed with the Browns secondary, we have to seize that somehow, and I think that's going to be a huge key to or ups, perhaps making him an upset in Week Three. Yeah, I, I think it's huge, and and I think um, you know especially like you said, guys like Goodwin. I I think I've been so surprised of how he's performed in these past two weeks because he's a guy that was on the tail end of his career that everybody was counting him out. He got, he got released. Um, everyone's just like, Oh, he's a speedster. He doesn't have hands. And since he's put a uniform on with the bears, even in the preseason, I mean, he's been able to catch everything in practices, preseason games um, in the first two weeks, especially against the Rams. I was surprised because yeah. that's always been his knock. Oh, he's not a good route runner. He's not this. And he's looked great in his route running. And sometimes that's what it is. A, a guy gets a situation where he's kind of like, oh, my role was the speedster. That's all I had to work on. That's all I had to do. I was a home run hitter. And then he got to a point where he's like, well, why did I get cut? You know, and, and everybody kind of has that realization. Like, what, what do I need to improve on? You know, because sometimes when you, he got paid, you know, a few times, made a good amount of money and you're thinking, oh, what I'm doing is fine. So I guarantee you, he, he looked at the mirror and said, listen, this has been my knock. I got to work on this. I really have to make a cognitive effort on everything and hey i'm gonna i'm gonna be a better route runner i'm gonna be better with my hands i'm gonna work i'm gonna work on the i'm gonna work on the jugs machine after practice things of that nature so i think he's he's gonna be critical in this game because the slot position that third receiver is huge right because you know that all the attention is going to be on Allen robinson right and mooney as well just because of what he commands a great route runner so i think goodwin a guy like Komet, you know doesn't have the speed obviously is that but i think that slot position, tight end position, that's going to be critical in this game. I think I think that's where the Bears are going to make their hay. And real quick to walk through it, is that just because of the concept of D linemen, uh, defensive ends, and linebackers that have to kind of stay home or maybe spy on fields? Now all of a sudden you're getting cold exactly. on a nickel guy, and now you're yes. getting slot receiver maybe across the middle on a middle linebacker. It, exactly. I think it's just going to open up things because, you know, when you when you look at coverage, right, when, whenever you have to have a spy guy, right, there's always one guy that's left out, right? And, and what do they do? They say, Alan Robinson, Mooney. Okay, let's get those guys. And then uh, Cole Komet, uh, let's let's maybe, you know, let let him have some space. Or uh, Goodwin, right? Like, we'll, we'll have a guy deep, but we're not really worried about this underneath stuff. So there's always going to be that opening there, especially, and that's that Justin Fields effect. You take one of the defenders out of the game, and that's huge. And he's not rushing, he's just spying. So he's just sitting back and waiting. So he's sitting in place and waiting to see what he's doing. So I, I love just that effect that he has on defenses. And remember, I talked about it. it. Sometimes it's not even doing anything. It's just being out there, right? When the Bears had Devin Hester when I played, right? Sometimes they bring him in there just to run a fake reverse. And the whole defense would be that way, right? Because the Windy City Flyer, that's that effect he had. And Justin Fields has that same effect because it makes everybody nervous. And that's what you love. You want teams to play nervous. You don't want them to be comfortable, right? Teams get comfortable against Andy Dalton. And there's no knock on him. That's just what it is, right? He's a guy that you're not really scared of. Justin Fields, you're scared of. You're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's feet. He's good on the run. He throws the ball well on the run. Oh, man, he can throw strikes down the field. Like, he can beat you in any way. So I, I just think that's going to be so critical uh, to be able to have that effect and impact out there. And I'm just hoping Matt Nagy capitalized on those particular matchups. 
And we'll find out a little bit later in the season. I think Tariq Cohen is kind of a guy that makes opposing defenses kind of think for that half second whether he has the ball in his hands or not. I want to throw this next one at you because it's getting to the point now where I might start doing it. I don't want to do it every week. I don't want to do it every week. But it's almost like I look at the opposing team's wide receivers and then I ask myself, you know, what does that – how does that correlate with the matchup with our secondary right now? And in my opinion, I get it. Odell Beckham Jr., as of today, we're taping this on a Wednesday. Episode's out on Thursday. He was a full go of practice on Wednesday. We'll see how it goes. He's trending towards playing. Dynamic player. But in my opinion, this seems like a matchup that our secondary can probably have success against right now. You know, yeah. moving forward, we're going to play the Buccaneers. We're going to play the Packers, all this stuff. But this week, I think... You know, I you know if we're going to have some questions about the secondary, I think this is a week where they can step up and play well. What say you? Yeah, I, I think it's huge. And uh, especially Jarvis Landry being out, I think you can put that much more attention on Odell Beckham. Right. And especially he's That's coming. Nickelback. That's the Nickelback thing. Exactly. Too. Exactly. So Shelly can help out on that side potentially or Eddie Jackson or Gibson, depending on what type of coverage they have. I think it's going to be huge, but I think I'm not really worried about Odell Beckham in this game, right? Because his first game back, I think he'll maybe have a catch or two, but I think they're going to put a lot of focus on him. I'm kind of worried about the tight end position for Cleveland, right? David Njoku, Austin Hooper. Um, I think those are two guys that can light you up, especially in the red zone and uh, some of those quick throws. And they're guys that can run. They're athletic. They have sure hands. Um, They feel really good about that combo there. Um, So I think, I'm, I'm more worried about the running game and then the play action off that to those tight ends. I think that's that's what scares me. You know, some of those boots where the tight end blocks down that last man on the, and then flares out. I think that's a tough matchup because at times, Khalil Mack and company, they, they're taught sometimes to run with that player as opposed to rushing the passer. So then you take a rusher out there that has to worry about the tight end. And then you give Baker Mayfield kind of that dual threat where he can – He's a guy that can use his feet too. Don't don't sleep on him, right? He's he's not Justin Fields, but he's he's an athletic, mobile guy um, that they like to get on the run sometimes as well. Oh, that's a great breakdown. A little bit took a little inside baseball a little bit on what the Bears like to do defensively. Corey, you got one more great matchup for the Bears. Uh, what's it going to be? What's going to help them possibly pull off an upset against the Browns in Week Three? So I'm looking at the interior. I love what I saw last week from the edge rushers, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. Um, we got a guy, Mario Edwards, coming back. So him and Akeem Hicks, right? I know Mario Edwards is not the starter. He had a great year off the bench, rotational player. He's a great pass rusher that he could put in on those third and long situations and kind of like that NASCAR package, you know, because he's kind of a tweener. He's kind of in between a defensive end and a D tackle. He can play both of them, but he's really good rusher inside. Um, so him and Akeem Hicks, I want to see how they, how they match up against the, the interior linemen. Um, because Chris Jones from Kansas city had a great game, uh, in, in week one, um, when they played them really got after Baker Mayfield, they struggled with that inside protection. So I'm, I'm looking for a huge game for Mario Edwards because he had a great year. He was building momentum last year, had the suspension. Um, so I'm looking for him to, to pick off right where he left off. Um, and I'm I'm looking for a huge game. Akeem Hicks, I feel like he brings it every game. But those two inside, I, I think, will be be crucial, you know, because I think there's going to be a lot of that play action pass in there because I think they're really going to try to get the running game going. And once if they can, I think they're going to do hard play actions. And we're going to need that push up the middle and the edge guys. I think they're going to hold it down, Mac and uh, Quinn. 
And I think they're going to be able to get home inside pushing that pocket. Yeah, the interior line had a great week last week. And now, as you mentioned, they're going to get a little bit more depth, a little bit more guys that can rotate in that had success last season or in seasons past that can now help out this week. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, Corey, but, uh, dude, your your preseason call gets even better. They actually they went back and looked at the tape. They awarded Robert Quinn another sack. I don't know if you saw that. He's at two and a half. Yeah. So he's got more than he had last year. You called it in the. I know. I thought he did. Yeah. So they gave him, gave him an attack. Yeah. This is huge, right? This is this what we wanted from him. And I, I told you, like, good pass rushers in this league, like, two sacks is an embarrassment for him. It, you know, it, it was. I think he looked in the mirror and was like, I have to do better than that. This is not who I am as a pass rusher and my reputation. And I think what I've seen from him is, is night and day difference from last year. And sometimes it takes that some guys get complacent in this league at times. And for whatever reason, he didn't look the same way last year. Maybe he could have been injured. We don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to call him out, but he didn't look the same way he did uh, these past two weeks. He's had a different burst. He's playing the run game, which something he's never really done throughout his career. He's been known as like that Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis type that gets up the field. Um, so he's playing the run well. And I, I love it. I mean, this is what he could have been of his whole career, like a complete defensive end. And that's what we see from him. Love it. Um, I, like I said, I think he's going to go double digits. I think he's going to lead the team in sacks this year. You know, I think he'll have somewhere around 12 to 14. Honestly, I think he'll be a pro bowler. Uh, he'll be in Hawaii somewhere. Hopefully he'll be at a super bowl. You know, if this defense keep rocking, Justin Fields keeps, keeps climbing, has a good week this week. And then he's the guy, he's our guy. And that's what I'm hoping, man. Dude, we'd be in Hawaii uh, vacationing if I'd put a pretty penny down at betonline.ag on, on Robert Quinn's over on the sack total right now because, Corey, man, it's looking pretty good. Uh, my final one I want to throw at you because we're talking about interior defensive line is uh, we mentioned this on the pre-pod. I think another key matchup is just going to be third and short uh, defensively. It just seems like it's one of those games where obviously they have Cream Hunt, Nick Chubb. We know all about them, and I just see situations where – if you got a rookie quarterback, maybe you're trying to build some momentum and maybe you're not executing the way that you want to offensively. Well, a great way to do that is just continue to try and get the ball back into his hands. And I'm just seeing those third and short situations. Talk about it as a former player. You know, what was, mm-hmm. you know, what, I guess, I don't know how to even phrase it. You know, what was more fun, you know, uh, pass rushing on a third and 12 or on a third and three when you just like know that they're getting the ball? You know, they know that they're handing the rock over the running back, and you guys know that it's going to be your best versus their best. Let's see who stops wearing that pile of dust. Which was more fun? Well, obviously getting sacks is a lot more fun yeah. because, you know, that's that's like the ultimate thing you could do as a D-lineman. But I, I always loved, uh, loved playing the run, um, especially on those third third and short situations where you know it's mano y mano, who's tougher than who. Hey, you're going to try to come off the ball and, and you know, knock my face off. I'm going to try to do the same to you. Uh, can, can I shock and lock you? Can I, can, can I have that penetration that disrupts everything? Um, and I think that's like the ultimate play, uh, especially for those interior guys, like a guy like Keem Hicks. Like he really makes his hay on those third and shorts. You always see him. Hey, they'll be holding on them with two guys and he's just driving them back. And I think those are situations that the Bears need to capitalize on. I completely agree with you on that, especially in what I think is going to be a very tight game like last week. I think it's going to be the same type. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think, you know, 
maybe 20, 24 points at the max. I don't think it's going to be one of those, you know, 40, 50 point games. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. So I think there's going to be an emphasis on the running game for both teams, you know, with Jarvis Landry being out, um, Odell just getting into things. And I think he'll have a pitch count, Odell, especially coming back from the ACL. I think they're very cognizant of that. When guys come back, hey, I don't want to give him 50 plays. Let's give him 20 or, you know, 15. And then next week we'll give him 25. And then you slowly work their way up. So I don't think he's going to be a big as big a factor as people think. I think the running game, I think Nick Chubb, I think Kareem Hunt, that one-two punch, they're really going to try to get things going. And that's why I said those tight ends, uh, Njoku and Hopper or Hooper, they're, they're really going to try to go off in there. Yeah, and it's one of those situations, too, where if they're in the second half and the Bears are maybe chasing a score a little bit, you know, those third and shorts, they just tack on extra minutes off the clock, right? And I can just see a scenario where, you know, maybe we're down by a point or two. It's the fourth quarter. We, Browns get the ball. Maybe we just scored a touchdown. Game's close. Seven minutes to go. Third and two comes up. And if the Bears can't stop them right there, Next thing you know, they're not getting the ball back until maybe about four and some change, you know, and that just sort of changes the complexion a little bit of what Justin Fields will be able to do to maybe possibly lead to a comeback. And that stuff all kind of like sort of builds on itself after another. Corey, man, I think it's time, man. We're one and one on our picks. The Bears are one and one for the season, man. It's week three. It's time to make your prediction. What do you got? Final score, Bears, Browns, week three. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say a really tight one. I'm gonna say 20, 21 to seventeen. Honestly, I think uh, in favor of the Bears. Oh. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I think if Jarvis Landry was playing, uh, I think it could swing an- another way. Uh, but the fact that Odell's on a pitch count, um, you know, I think that is really gonna, you know, and the Bears coming off a great win defensively, uh, how the way they played. Um, I think they're confident. And they have Mario Edwards coming back, which is another pass rusher in there. Quinn's just going up. Mac, you know, after that disappointing first week, he got that confidence. Sometimes in this league, when a pass rusher who wants to get a sack so bad hadn't got one and then they get one, it's just, they just keep elevating. And I think that, like I said, Baker Mayfield is a guy that people want to get after. He's like one of those guys that kind of, you know, borders that line where you're kind of like, oh, I really respect what he does. Like, you know, he, he really has a lot of passion, you know, but then other times you're like, he's kind of a punk. Like, let me, let's get after this dude. Like, honestly, I think, I think, you know, I look at him and I'm like, oh, he has a lot of passion, man. He wants to win, you know, but then at the same time, like, you're kind of a punk. Like, you know, that's, that's the kind of vibe. He, and I think people want to get after him because like I said, if you start hitting him, you start flustering him, you bat the ball down, you get in his face, you talk a little bit. He gets all in his head and he starts trying to talk back. And even from his college days, that's how he's been. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, right? He's a lot like Odell Beckham, the same thing. You can get in their heads easy. So I think, you know, guys like Akeem Hicks, um, you know, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, you know, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, I think they're going to try to get after him, you know, talk a little ish if they hit him, you know, he's on the ground, you know, you punk, you know, they're going to say something else. But I think, I think that's the situation, you know, um, I think they're going to be really focused to get after him. And I think Justin Fields and company, they're going to run the ball well. We're going to play great defense and limit the turnovers because that's the recipe for success. And I always said, like The Rock, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you get the win. <laughs> you know, the eyebrow and everything. You know, ah, so. Corey, damn it. Damn it. This sucks, man. So I had two scores. I had two scores in my head. Um, I had two scores. Pick one, head. man. Come on. I am going to pick one, man. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going with, I'm going with the one. Um, 
I'm gonna go 28-16 Bears. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on the other side. There was a lot of sentiment in my head about you know this is gonna be a really difficult game, and there was a lot of issues. Obviously, the wide receiver thing really started to change things a little bit for mm-hmm. me moving forward. But I will say this. I do think that there might be a little bit – we're talking a lot about Justin Fields and we're talking a lot about you know the stuff that he did and did not do, more about what he did not do in last week's game. I think it is fair to say that we haven't also talked about the concept of that new car smell, and I think Justin Fields might be able to actually really surprise some people. And I'm – my prediction is actually – my prediction is the second quarter. I think in the second quarter of this game, I think we get like 14 points in the second quarter. I think we get a couple of touchdowns. I think it kind of starts rocking and rolling a little bit. And I, you know, man, you've talked to me, you've talked to me into this Bears defense. I think putting up a really solid effort against this Browns offense. And look, I love Nick Chubb. I think he's a fantastic running back. But I do think at the same time, the one thing that we can complain about, the one thing we can't complain about with the Bears defense over the last couple of years is the run defense has always been really, really solid. It just has. Exactly. We talk about tackling, mm-hmm. we talk about secondary, big plays, lack of sacks, whatever you want. But the run defense has been something that's been pretty, you can hang your hat on that the whole time. So I think that they can take that into this game. I think the quarter, first quarter is going to be really weird. It's going to be really sloppy. Um, but I think in that second quarter, I think maybe we – I think maybe Justin Fields shocks us a little bit. I don't know. And maybe we get ahead of our skis, Corey. And maybe mm-hmm. we're sitting here uh, doing our postgame pod on Monday talking about, you know, what jacket Justin Fields is going to wear in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. But you know yeah. what? That's that's what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to go actually a big – I'm going to go big win, which is going to lead to big expectations. I don't think Justin Fields is going to play a perfect game every single week. I think there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road along the way. But I know, man. There's something about this kid. I and you just you talked me into it too. Rising to the challenge, playing against big competition, uh, surprising people over and over again. Either even though when it shouldn't really be that big of a surprise. I think he plays well. Real quick before we get out of here, let's do a quick little over under. We talked about it before in the pod. Two hundred two hundred point five passing yards over under Justin Fields. I say over. Yeah, I'm going a little bit over, like two twenty. Okay, two two touchdown two touchdowns uh, rushing. Under or over? Two t- uh, ooh, um, under. I think he gets one. But I think he gets two. You think he gets two? Ooh, what if oh, one yeah. of them is like a 22-yarder too? I, I think what, what's going to happen is this. So I think the first one is going to be uh, the zone read, obviously, on the goal line, um, kind of similar. And I think one's going to be a play on in the red zone, um, I think around the 15-yard line, where a passing play on second or third down is going to break down. And he's going to make some miraculous scramble, dive into the end zone, this crazy play. And they're going to say, you know, do the loop-de-loop trace on, oh, look at this crazy run. I think it's going to be a situation like that. I think that's how he gets both of his his touchdowns. I think he's really going to capitalize on that. Yeah, just as we keep talking about, we keep putting the magnifying glass on the things that he isn't ready for and all the stuff that he needs to clean up. But, man, I'm almost thinking we're underestimating the concept that if he can put a couple explosive plays out there, I think that galvanizes everyone on the team, not just the offense, exactly. but the defense too as well. And like, man, this guy's out here balling. A l- look, look what he just did. And I think that can kind of sort of carry over to sort of the rest of the game a little bit. My final one for you, I think Justin Fields throws at least one touchdown pass in this game. Yep. Uh, if yep. he does, who does it go to? 
Uh, I think it goes to Allen Robinson. He's going to redeem himself. And I think Matt Nagy is, is a big guy that believes in Allen Robinson. I think everybody does. And you just say, hey, we're running that same play to A-Rob. And they're, they know it's going to happen. But this time you're going to catch it. And I, I think the same exact play that they ran last time, they're going to run it again. And he's going to catch it for a touchdown. I think that's, that's going to be the only passing touchdown on the day. And I'm going to go with uh, something that I don't think Bears fans have seen in a while. I think a big boy throw to Darnell Mooney. I think it's time. Ooh, I think a little bit. I like it. When was the last time we saw a big boy throw in a Bears uniform from a quarterback that hits a guy in stride down a sideline? I, I'm i hard-pressed. Jay Cutler but, or Brandon Marshall, maybe? Yeah. Or Alshon Jeffrey, maybe? Cutler yeah. to Johnny Knox? <laughs> yeah, Johnny Knox. Yeah, ooh, that boy could run. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, good player. Uh, tough tough career tough career with the injuries for sure yeah exactly exactly well dude I, you got me jacked up you got me pumped man um cory this episode of believe in bears was brought to you by betonline.ag 100 initial welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit play action pools look if you're not in the office you can still win money off of your co-workers make sure you check out all the great survivor pools they have going on over there and balance 7 ph supplement partnering with believe in podcast all season long giving you some great deals for some really, really healthy products. Corey, my man, uh, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited to watch this game. Great preview pod. Uh, socials, Corey Wooten, W-O-O-T-T-O-N-O, two O's, two T's. I'm at Joey Sports Guy, Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for checking out this pod. Corey, man, final words, take us home, man, and let's go get a W at the dog pound. Yeah, what's important now? That's what we used to say in college, right? Get the dub. What's important now, Cleveland Brown this week, Baker Mayfield and company, you know, they're coming off a great year. Uh, last year, great game against the Texans. Hey, Justin Fields error. Let's see. Let's see the Prince. Let's see the Prince of Chicago. Everybody wants to see him. Defense is coming off that huge game against the Bengals. Momentum right after the first week, we thought, who is this defense? So I want to see how they're going to put everything together. If they can put a complete game together, and I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, limiting the tur turnovers offensively, playing great defense, stopping the run, being able to contain those tight, tight ends. I think that's the recipe for success. Let Justin Fields run the football, create those disadvantaged matchups with defensive ends. I love it. Bears, I, like I said, 21-16. You said 28-16. I said 17, but hey, we're out there. You know, hopefully we'll go two and one right now. And uh, yeah, appreciate your guys' support. We're having fun. We're rocking. You know, my man here is wearing the USA Dream Team shirt. I love it. Bobblehead. <laughs> I'm wearing the workout gear, but yeah, another great week of the podcast. And hopefully, uh, you know, after the game, we'll break down another Bears win and a great performance by Justin Fields and the defense. Yeah, like and subscribe this episode. Win or lose, please come back and check out our Bears-Browns postgame. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other, everybody. And remember, always bear down. I can't believe I said 28-16. to 16. Let's go! Let's go! Peace, peace, peace! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.